Daniel. But we'll see what we can do that causes us to pause and stop and reflect a little bit. I mentioned it in the auditorium class this morning about sometimes forgetting that the time frame in which Daniel lived was just as real to him as the time frame in which we live. Society was as real to him as our society is to us. And that they faced some difficulties that we have not yet faced. But it's a conviction that they had is what we particularly want to look at in the reading this morning. You have to go back and to think for a little bit about God's dealing with man and with the nation that he was choosing and the world in which they lived. We read the accounts in the Bible. Paul reminds us that these things were written that we might have hope and encouragement from the Scriptures. And as we read them, we read them so many times, as we should, from the biblical point of view. And that sometimes we need to stop and to look at history as it was being lived at that particular time. You think about Joseph and others and Joseph going down into Egypt and the things that unfolded then. You think about Moses and being the one who would lead the people out and the things that he went through. Look at it from the earthly point of view for for a moment on a few things. Moses was groomed to be Pharaoh. And then he spent 40 years in the desert because the king was looking for him. Pharaoh was looking to kill him. You think about his coming back and being being told he was going to lead the people out of Egyptian bondage. And you think about bondage, if you will, slavery, what they went through as that is recounted for us as well. The 40 years in the wilderness. I'm not sure that was in the plan of Moses when he was going to lead the people out that that was going to transpire. 40 years to get to the promised land. They get to the promised land and they send in the spies and ten of them come back that says the land is exactly as God has said it would be. A land flowing with milk and honey luscious and well to be deserved, but we cannot take it. The land that God had promised to give them, and they're saying that we cannot take it. You go through Israel's history and Israel and Judah's history. You move up towards the time where we're going to read about Daniel. And you have to look at secular history, if you will, and to read about the Babylonians 
and see what type of people they were and see how they treated those that they took captives or the lands over, over which they overran while they were in power. We do have some of the records from the Babylonians depicting their taking captives Israel. And they show it on their writings that they have, showing the Israelites being led captive by the Babylonians with fish hooks in their mouths and tied together. And if any were disobedient, they were skinned alive. Just want you to catch a little bit about the nature of the Babylonians. They were not kind. They were bent on destruction, bent on those of the Israelites who had rebelled against them. Hezekiah had refused to pay tribute, taxes, and they were coming to settle the score, and they did from the human point of view. You see a young man, mid-teens probably, maybe, it's hard to say how old Daniel was when he went into captivity. One of the promising Israelites who would never see his homeland again. He would be in captivity for the rest of his life. And how he viewed that. And, how, and knowing the nature of the Babylonians, how he would react in various circumstances in which he would find himself. If it were not for the scriptures, we might have perceived a different outcome than the one that is recorded for us. To see how God, we mentioned that a little bit in the auditorium class this morning as well, how hard it is for us to understand God dealing with mankind. Allowing the wicked nations to prosper and to try to utterly destroy the righteous. And the prophets having to remind the people, yes, you're going into Babylon. You're going to be there for 70 years. But do not worry. I will take care of Babylon, the Babylonians. I will punish them. Well, they're going to punish you because of your disobedience. And they took, they took the choices of the young Israelites, Daniel being one, to Babylon. He's not where he wanted to be. And yet he chooses to abide by the laws that he grew up with, particularly the dietary laws, and would refuse to partake of the king's food. You think about that for a while. But tell the king, I'm not eating the food you have. And 
than to survive that. To live his life, and by the time we get to Daniel 6, he's already been through a number of kings, Daniel has. Nebuchadnezzar, his son, Darius the Mede now. It is saying that if they stayed for the 70 years, which they said, the Lord said they would, that plus Daniel in his 80s, by the time he's facing this lion's den. But as the statements are being given, and as the reading was read, did you catch the edict that was being passed? that you could pray to no one or to no God except for, or for 30 days, except for the king. Who was that directed towards? It's only directed towards one person. It's only directed towards Daniel. There wouldn't be a problem for anybody else. How easy would it have been to say, well, for 30 days, I can do this. That was not Daniel's custom. It wasn't a custom, it was a habit. It wasn't a habit, it was a manner of life for Daniel. That he was not going to forsake his manner of life simply because a king had passed an ordinance that he could not pray to God for 30 days. Did you listen to the rest of it? Daniel is envied, and as they will give in the reading, and as it will go on to, through chapter 6, they will put Daniel back to where the enemies, to where they thought him to be, this foreigner. This foreigner had come into our land, this foreigner has been promoted in our land. This foreigner is over us in our land. He's given us instructions and we do not like it. A lot of paraphrasing there. And they want Daniel removed. But they also know the character of Daniel. That he's just, he's honest. He has a good report. There's no fault to be found within the man. He hasn't doctored any books. He hasn't done anything wrong. Everything he's done has been above board and has been done right. And the only way that they know that they can get Daniel... is by Daniel's relationship with Daniel's God. That's it. It has to be in his religion. There has to be something that Daniel is committed to that he will not violate that we can use or turn against him to get him removed. And that's what they're set about to do. To pass the eating. Aim for one man. Just for 30 days. 
The law of the Medes and the Persians cannot be altered. King's forced into signing it. He signs it. And as we close out that reading, there in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. He knew exactly what was going to follow. But where's the commitment? He's facing a den of lions. And as you read what happened to those who accused Daniel when they were tossed into the lion's den, you can catch a little bit of the anticipation or dread of that being an end result of your life. But it did not change Daniel's commitment to God. These things were written for our instruction and for our learning that we through the patience and the comforts of the scriptures might have hope. We're blessed in the land in which we live. That may change. There's all kinds of threats been made against religion in one form, shape, or fashion that have not come to pass. That may continue, it may not continue. And it's hard for us to even to try to perceive of what it would be like to be in the midst of those who are as pagan as the Babylonians were and ungodly as they were and to make a stand. I will serve the Lord and him alone will I serve. Regardless of a law that was passed, you cannot Regardless of a consequence, there's a lion's den. Daniel says, I cannot violate or deny my God. And the king, have you read the rest of it? The king, of course, regretted the signing and made made statement to Daniel before he put him in the lion's den. May your God save you, I cannot. And now the king did not sleep at all that night. And when he came, he wanted to know if uh, Daniel's God had saved him. And he had. But Daniel's commitment was being faithful to God. Daniel's commitment was not being spared from the lion's den. You catch a difference in there? He's not concerned what they can do physically. That's where our concern is it at many times, is it not? Jesus says, don't fear what man can do. 
He can only destroy the body, not the soul. Well, I can fear a lot of things that man can do. I've read enough history to see what man has done to man. The inhumanity that man has placed upon mankind is boggles the mind. Things you would not even dream that could take place did. The scriptures were written for my learning, for my admonition, and I'm reminded at the end of chapter 11 of uh, Hebrews. I love the first 35 verses. They're good. Noah found grace in the eyes of God, and God saved Noah, Moses, all the way down through all the good ones that have been faithful to God and been protected and received their reward. Then you get from 35 on down. Many of God's faithful, many of those who are called God's children, wandered around in the desert, were destitute, were hungry, were naked. Some of them were sawn in two. Some of them were fed to the wild animals. I can think of a lot of things a man can do. Being placed in a lion's den. That even is that is described here in Daniel. So fierce that the lions killed those before the enemies of Daniel before they even hit the ground. They were gone. Bones were crushed. It's written for us. Written for us that we might learn what type of life should we be living. What type of commitment should we have before God? Where are we going to put our faith and where are we going to put our trust? That concept of the providence of God is beyond human comprehension. The concept that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah reminds us. But trying to grasp in a world in which we live, one is God-knowing, Two is God working. And three is we're not privy to how he works. Job would be another one. Nowhere in that account of Job do we ever have an indication or an inkling that God would whisper to Job, this is only a test, Job. You're going to come through it. So it's only a test. Not given that. As far as Job knew, what he had was for the rest of his life. But he would not deny God. This is what the whole history of the scriptures is bringing before us. Yes, they lost lives. Physical life is going to be lost. Physically, we're all going to die. We just don't like the way that that may be, but that's not the issue. 
The life is, the history is filled with the loss of life. The, the scriptures are full of the injustice that have been performed on human beings that were faithful to God. But to whom remain faithful to God and will, and will be rewarded by God. We can quickly learn by reading history, by reading scripture, that man does not keep his word. And he will falter along the way. We can learn from the scriptures as they, Israel and Judah needed to learn. And be warned so many times by the prophets. Danger is coming your way. You've got ungodly nations who are coming down through here. And rather than turn to God... They would turn to nations who had already destroyed them from time to time. Making allegiance with the Egyptians. Making allegiance with the Syrians. Who have always been an enemy of theirs. And overrun them at one time or another. Why would they turn to flesh and blood and not to the living God? But see, that's not a question for them. It's a question to us. It's a question to us. In the life that we live. You see, so many times, individuals who are just almost torn to pieces over what may take place in our nation. And who are trying to form all kinds of allegiances with human beings over what they think they can do, but have not turned to the one who can. The song we sometimes sing, I do not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I trust God. To the world is foolishness. Sad to say, even to some Christians, they see it as foolishness to put an absolute trust in God above. I do not know which way it's going to go. Does it matter? If the country stands or the country falls, does it matter to my relationship with God? That's what matters. Do I trust Him? Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life, is the promise that is given to us. Again, do not fear what man can do, who can destroy the body but not the soul, but you fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. History has already shown us in our history how many times our laws have been changed. How many times our laws have been rewritten depending on who's in power, who's pushing what agenda. 
not meaning to get into politics, but I'm just simply trying to get us to see, do we not know or do we not learn the lesson that we have from Daniel specifically right now? Daniel decided in his heart, I believe before he ever went to Babylon, that as he was carried as a slave to Babylon, and earlier than that, my faith, my commitment, my trust is in God Almighty. Let it unfold as it will. My trust is in God. You see it throughout his, his life as you read the, the book of Daniel. You see it time and time again. Faithfulness of those who saw him or served him, or who he served under. They're reneging on what they said, going back and forth. I believe what happened in Daniel happened. And I'm also intrigued by the fact that the Babylonian history records much of the same events. From a little different perspective, but they record the same events. So much of the world history during this time actually records their interaction with the people of Israel. These things were written for us, that we might have hope. Be it Joseph be it Moses, be it Jeremiah, Isaiah, Obadiah, Nahum, any of the others. The faith is in the creator of the universe. The faith is in the sustainer of human life. The faith is in the creator who provides salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. You be faithful to him. And it does not say you will not have a problem in life. That's how we want to read it. If I'm faithful to God, everything will run smooth throughout my life. That's not what it says. It says, if you are faithful to God, he's with you. And if it's the loss of the physical life, that's all I've lost. Do not want to lose the soul because I lack trust in the one who has never left us or deserted us. And that's always a choice that we're going to have to make. Do what's right. Doing what's right in the wicked world, you're going to be targeted. Continue your relationship to God. As well as his custom, he continued to pray three times a day. Even knowing in result, I'm going, he's going to pray to God. They're looking to destroy him. But they're also looking 
to know, do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really? Do you absolutely trust God with your heart, your soul, and your mind? But that's a choice that we get to make. Once we make the choice, then to live by that choice and be faithful to it. You think about it as you as we sing the invitation song. You think about the words that we're singing to each other, we're teaching each other. To think about the words that we're admonishing one another. Or can you say that was the absolute confidence and from the depths of your heart? All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all. Do you mean that? God in his love and his patience waits, desires your answer, desires to help you as you make that decision. Would be to become a child of God, to be able to do that this morning, to repent of the sins that separate you from Christ, acknowledge Jesus as the Savior, obey him in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of sins, be raised to walk a new life or as a child of God but have not surrendered all to do such. And if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.